Hey, B, do you want to record an episode of our Kuna Minds podcast, Wheels Up? Oh my gosh, James, I would love to record an episode of Wheels Up. Do you want to talk about season one, episode seven, The Fox? I would love to talk about season one, episode seven, The Fox. Can we talk about how dumb of the name The Fox is? Because they talk about it. They talk about a fox, like the animal, for like a minute. And then it's over. (laughs) I get that. Like, I get the metaphor, right? A fox in Mm -hmm. a hen house, you know, they kill all the hens. It's like the thing. Yeah. Um, In a very brutal way, right? Because they're animals. So I get the metaphor, but no one ever calls him the fox. They really don't. But then later in like fucking season 10 or whatever, when Hotchner goes back to talk to the fox, he just calls him the fox. <laughs> like he's he's gotten that nickname. They definitely like wanted to reference back to this episode, but they didn't watch it. They just were like, what was it called? The fox? Oh, that must have been the killer's like nickname. So yeah, we'll just call him the fox. It would have been sick if they fucking nicknamed this killer, but they didn't. They didn't, though. I do, gotta say, though, I do love this episode, though, because it's a very, like, this is an episode of Criminal Minds, the television show, you know? (laughs) Yes, it is. This is an episode, and I'm like, yeah, okay, this episode kind of hits. Like, the way they did, like, the creepy, like, children's music over every single scene with a family in this show, without exception. Okay, music, like, music director, go the fuck off on this episode, dude. It fucking slapped. They also did the thing where there were like three different options for the unsub or like four different unsub options, which is like always a thing they like to do. They really did a lot of like red herrings, but they also, you know what I didn't understand about this episode? The very impetus of it. What? They only had one family that they knew of. Well, And the BAU already had the case. I don't know. Let's talk about the beginning of this app. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, because I actually made a point because I think this is, I like how they did this. Um, yeah, so it starts with the cute dad. You, like, hear the kids screaming, like, he's going to get me, and you think it's going to be a killer, and it's, like, the dad being dumb. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, the mom is like, come on, we've got, like, a 12-hour car ride tomorrow. Why would you work them up? Um, and then, you know, they send the kids out to get the dog, Ben, and they're, like, calling and calling, and Ben just, like, doesn't fucking... <laughs> This dog is ignoring these children like a fucking pro. Yeah, he's like eating food, but then you like see him go into the house. So you're like, okay, that's cool, I guess. Yeah, that really confused me at first. I was like, I don't know why the dog going inside the house was such a significant thing that we spent so much time on, but then I got it later. So this is a really nice little like, you're not going to realize why we're holding this shot for so long. But it does have a reason, actually. And it was interesting, too. And I realized watching this, because I knew that the dog got taken by the unsub, right? Mm-hmm. They make that, like, very clear. But I, so I knew that, like, that happened. And I was watching the way they filmed it. And they show the, the kids calling for Ben. They show Ben eating outside of a door. Then they show the kids being like, oh, well, and going back inside. And then you see Ben go through a dog door. And the guy says, good job, Ben. But you only see the dog door part of the door. And then when it shows the dad, he's looking out a window and you can't see the dog door. So they like cut it to look like it was the same door. Oh, but it, shit, you know, yeah. But because the, they find out later that the, the um, wife's brother was there and took the dog. So the dog and then when they go to his house, we see the dog enter his dog door. So what it really was, was this one scene is the dog with the brother going into the brother's house. And the brother says, like, good boy, Ben. And then the other scene is the kids and the husband not being able to find the dog. That's actually really fucking smart. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. And they cut it together to look like it was all the same scene. That's why it lingered for so long. It was because it was two different scenes and they were, like, giving you a chance to, like, figure it out. Criminal Minds, a good show sometimes. (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> this was a good episode. Yeah, this is like, this is, I think, the first episode in season one that I like. I see the promise of Criminal Minds. I yeah, see what they're doing. It was a good balance of like, 
we're just figuring things out, but also like doing actual tricky tricks. This is a job that we do. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like we're all learning how to do it together, but this is a job that we do get paid a lot of money for. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the kids like sleep in the parents' bed because they're like so excited to go to Disney the next morning, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then the wife wakes up and she like rolls over and like kisses a blanket covered body good morning. And then she sits up and she's like, wait, weren't the kids in bed? And then she like turns around and it dramatically zooms on the husband with a gag. And the wife is like, huh? And then the unsub like sits up and it's like, boom, boom, boom. Cuts the next the fucking like, way they zoom in on this husband's face oh, is comical. So, I love a good Criminal Minds fucking zoom. <laughs> I love like bad action movies. <laughs> and that zoom in on this dude's face was very yeah. bad action movie. One hundred percent. Was so fucking good. It was so. It was like, it literally. I wanted them to be like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I know. I wanted a dramatic cut there, and then they just go to Gideon and L, where the fucking Gideon's like looking at crime scene photos from the <laughs> from the fucking attack already. So you're yeah, like, okay, so... well. <laughs> There we go. I think I think so so okay. I do want to talk about this because this is the first time that JJ brings a case to the team. It is. So they're already looking at the pictures because JJ has already brought them to brought this to them. You know, that we we instead of them getting called into the briefing room, we're put in their mid-briefing. Um and then and I I cringed so hard at this. Um. Oh, I cringed so hard. I was so mad at this. Derek looks at JJ and says, "Um, you better have a good reason for bringing this to us. It just looks like a fucking murder suicide." But it also makes sense because they really only have one case right then. So, like, I get why Derek is like, "Why the fuck am I taking yeah. a look at this?" This, I and then JJ's cereals. like, "There's a second case a month ago." But I was just like, Derek, let the bitch do her fucking job. <laughs> She'll get there. Like, Derek, what the fuck? Derek, he was don't like, you why are you know? bringing this to my attention? Derek, don't you fucking know that she does the only work in this unit, Derek? Hey, Derek, she'll fucking get to her point if you don't ruin the uh, fucking plot twist here. So Damn. Funny. Although I will say they there is we did skip something, and that's Hotch's baby and Haley. Hotch has a baby now, and it's very cute. It's really cute. JJ is like, I fucking love babies. Penelope is like, this is cute as hell. And Reed's like, it's wrinkly and ugly. and <laughs> Which is so funny because he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> babies are kind of ugly. Yeah. Except and for the fact they that cry. they are little tiny babies, which Aww. is just like a cute concept. <laughs> but they are ugly in practice. Yeah. And then Derek pokes his head out. It puts his head like it to look at the baby and reads like, do you want a kid, Derek? And he goes, mm, I'll stick to practicing. <laughs> Which, Which is so funny. so funny. And Reed like cringes. Reed is like, oh no. Like, <laughs> It's honestly so funny. It's honestly so funny. I love that. Yeah. So families are getting murdered. They are. They're getting murked. Unfortunately. I wrote down, I wrote down some information that we get. Okay. Yeah. Both of the families were set to go on a vacation. They were both discovered five days after the vacation was supposed to start, but they were only dead for 24 hours. So they had been kept alive for four days before they were found. Yikes, gang. Yikes, Yikes gang. And so everybody's like, oh, so this is bad then, because people would have screamed or called for help or something if they could, but they didn't. So they what didn't. is the meaning of it? Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, and then we find out that Norman Miller, who was who is the dad of the first family's kids, the Millers, mm -hmm. um, he was the birth dad, but the wife had just remarried like a month before, mm -hmm. or like a like really close to when they died, and so people like think the that he did it because he was like abusive and like an alcoholic and very possessive and didn't like it, so they think that when he found out the wife remarried that he killed them all basically and he was arrested the night before he had been like hiding out in a motel 
and they find out that like there was a restraining order he was drunk there was blood on his jacket um and he's this like big hulking dude um and he's a very big dude physically this guy is fucking huge yeah and like broad-shouldered bulky tall like the whole nine yards and then gideon is like hey reed why don't you go interview him and jj literally has to like pinch her lips together to keep from laughing out out loud it's like so savage she to be fair though i think this guy the mr miller is like four spencers worth of like height and weight worth of man yeah (laughs) like spencer also goes in with the weirdest interrogation tactic i've ever fucking seen which is bonkers but we'll talk about that in a second yeah Uh, um yeah the uh the other thing i wanted to mention here about this episode is that uh we have a lot of gideon and morgan moments because they're investigating the first family's house yeah uh which i actually really enjoy their like dynamic when they're at a crime scene because i think it really does set up well for in the later seasons when Derek kind of takes the reins on crime scene investigation specifically um, yeah. I really like that here. I like uh that Gideon just starts fucking yelling out of nowhere to see Ugh. if he can get the neighbor's attention. He it just fucking so screams. Fucking funny. He just fucking he screams and then the lights across in the house across the street like come on and somebody like comes yeah. out of the fucking garage. <laughs> and like so- it proves a good point, but like holy shit, he just fucking yells. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, so Reed and Morgan go to the house, they go to the basement, they realize that, like, there's no restraints on any of the kids, but they didn't, like, run away, so they figure, like, okay, he must have, like, said to the mom, like, I'll hurt the kids, and then to the kids, like, I'll hurt your mom, like, to get them to yeah. all stay together. Um, and, yeah, and so they, like, go upstairs, they're looking around the house, Morgan is like, you know, the yard is overgrown. The dad's car really needs repair, but the wife's got like a bright and shiny SUV. Um, They're clearly like living beyond their means. They're just trying to like put up a front of having well, money, but they're actually, yeah, they're actually yeah. like poor. Um, And then Gideon finds like the child's drawing with no color on the fridge. A very good drawing by this child. Yeah. Like she's eight. Being she has like, a pretty good idea of perspective. <laughs> he keeps being like, there's dimension. There's these lines. She's done it. Like, keeps being like, wow, this drawing. And, like, takes it with his bare hands. He has, like, a good point about it, though. But, yeah. No, I totally get what you mean. But he has a good point about the reason he's like, there's no color here. No, 100%. I was like, damn, yeah, you're right. No kid is like, I'm going to do a perfect house drawing and not color it in. Like, Like, seriously. No kid does a drawing that cool and doesn't ruin it with some sort of clashing color scheme. (laughs) Especially when they find, like, the one of the therapist office and it's the most, like, god-awful pink and yellow. Like, (laughs) oof. (laughs) The house looks nothing like the house, you know? He's, like, holding them up side by side and he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so this is where we see the dog door and Morgan points to something that's plugged in and we find out that the dog door is like locked and only the chip on the dog's collar will open it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also learn that Derek has a black belt in judo. No, it's, I think he said it was the, it was the dad who had a black belt in judo. Derek no, no, was no, like, no. you would have to be a big guy to overwhelm the dad. And then he yeah. was like, yeah, I mean, the guy who had, the guy had a black belt in judo. And then he's like, but if I have a gun to your head, it doesn't no, matter how many belts Morgan, you have, right? Morgan says the guy has a black belt in judo and Gideon goes, okay, so do you. But I have a gun to the back of your head. Oh, shit. Does he have that? Or was that just Gideon being like, okay, role I mean, play time? At the end of the episode, he fucking like, pow, 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 gets the <laughs> knife out of this unsub. You know, okay, like, maybe he does. I'll choke huh? you like. And then later, he's the one, tra- he's, he trains JJ in hand-to-hand combat later. Uh, Criminal Minds Wiki. <laughs> I took that to mean that he does. I would believe that he did, you know? He tra- He literally trains JJ in armed combat later. Does he have? Does he have it? Does he have? I'm going to say that he does. 
It would like it would it. track if it if they did. I was just like they just keep giving him accolades. You know. <laughs> they really do. He is probably one of the most like, like obsessional crimes, the bomb squad, like with Chicago children. Police, yeah. He was in the Chicago police force. He went we find out in the next episode that he was deep undercover for 18 months. He's got a black belt in judo. <laughs> like Morgan. This guy done is so fucking all. decorated. He went to fucking law school. Like, dude is smart as hell, buff as hell. I love him. Yeah, that's why he's a lady killer. Honestly, fair. Yeah. And then Gideon does his screaming. <laughs> Gideon does his fucking screaming. Yeah, and Morgan is literally like, what the fuck are you doing? And Gideon, like, the uh, outside in a very clearly green-screened window, a light comes on, there's, like, dogs barking, and Gideon turns around and is like, why did no one hear her scream? Which, like, is a great point, Gideon. But... Maybe you could have just said that. <laughs> Instead of just yelling. Hey, I'm, I don't want to critique you on, like, how to do your job, oh, but... The, the fear in Morgan's eyes when Gideon just just yelling morgan is already afraid gideon's gonna snap at any moment and gideon just starts screaming and morgan's like this is it this is the ptss he did it he's broken like (laughs) it happened yeah (laughs) which is fair yeah i love that morgan is always on just like this close to kicking jason gideon's ass (laughs) he is always almost beating jason gideon to death and like as he should be honestly I wouldn't as trust Jason Gideon be. with my life at this point because he seems unstable yeah. as fuck. He's so goddamn old. Um. Okay, so while this is happening, Reed is interviewing Norman Miller. Reed walks in with like a huge-ass stack of papers and yeah. then the guy's like, if you want to ask me a question, look at me. And then Reed just looks the other way <laughs> and asks him. Oh. A, like, he, he, asked, he asked you to look at him if you're going to ask him a question. This is one of those things that it's like... Is it eye contact in general that Reed doesn't like? Or is he just very scared? Because he does make eye contact in the show. They didn't give him that trait. Yeah. You know? So, but when I was watching that, I was like, some people just don't like making eye contact, Norman. (laughs) Yeah, and this whole thing, this whole scene plays out like he is deliberately trying to rile this guy up so that Mm -hmm. the guy, like, snaps at him. Yeah. And he does do that very well by just destroying this man's whole fucking life. Yeah, so we find out, so so while Reed is talking to him, Hotch and Al are listening to like the coroner's tape and they find out that the husbands were missing wedding rings. Mm-hmm. So after they do that, they come and they watch Reed do this interrogation. And Reed is like trying to get him to talk. Norman Miller is like, dude, the every policeman in the state of Virginia beat the shit out of me last night. What do you possibly, what is your twink ass possibly going to do to me that makes me scared? And then he like, she like jumps at Reed, you know, and Reed like twitches and gets all scared. Yeah. Okay. And then I laughed so fucking hard. Hotch comes in and is like, sit down. And the guy goes, is this your daddy? <laughs> it's so funny because it's uh, not wrong. I just love that like in one episode, in episode, like, five, we get Morgan say, listen to mommy about JJ. And now, Anansub takes a look at Hotch and goes, is this your daddy, Spencer? <laughs> like It's so, what, what is these writers kink? Like, what is this specific writers kink doing in my Criminal Minds show? <laughs> Why do I have to watch your hurt comfort nonsense? <laughs> like... You can't do that right when I'm taking a drink. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) The writers really said, "Mm, Spencer's an ubu boy who needs to be taken care of. Let's get him some parental figures. And then we'll take them all away without actually resolving any character trauma. Every single time he loses that. (laughs) I know this is an audio medium, but James did just do a delightful little dance when they said that. And I want everybody to know that. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I did do a little dance. Um, so then Hotch and Elle are standing there and Reed's like talking to Norman, suddenly all confident now that his dad's in the room. <laughs> I guess now that his crew's <laughs> here to back him up, he's good to go. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so like your mom was an alcoholic. She treated you poorly. You were abused. And then you went to a foster home. 
where there was sexual abuse since you until you were like a teenager and i was like maybe we should stop this and hotch is like shut the fuck up al <laughs> he's on to Which, something el like, was correct to think maybe they should stop this yes 100 percent. so then reed is like did you sexually assault your children <laughs> And Norman starts immediately, like, crying. And he's like, I would never do that. Um, yeah, and he says that he found them dead. Which, wow. Which is rough as Heartbreaking. Hell. Yeah. And then he, like, was afraid the cops would blame him, so he ran away. And he said that, like, his son had been clutching a drawing or, like, a painting or something and wanted to know what was on it. Which so, gets answered later in the most heartbreaking way possible. Yeah. Blood. Blood was on it. <laughs> also yeah. a drawing. Also a drawing of the house, but also blood. Mainly. Yeah. Mainly the blood. Yeah. So Reed, like, tells them, oh, I just needed, like, a way in. Um, It wasn't him. And he was still wearing a wedding ring. Like, he still, like, really loved her. He, like, wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is So they really, like, introduce this red herring and then get rid of it pretty immediately. Yeah, I guess they just wanted Reed to do something agent-y. In this episode. That's like all Reed does this episode, too. Yeah. He's gone after this. Well, he he and Penelope have a moment that I really Oh, yeah, they have a fun little moment later. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, let's continue. Yeah, so everyone's back at the BAU. They're talking about how, like, the father was always the last to die, and the guy, like, knew that they were going on vacation, so they're like, okay, let's look at, like, travel agents, which don't exist anymore um in 2005 they definitely existed though yeah but just like when he said that i was like travel agents to disney like i was gonna say yeah to drive 12 hours to disney sorry did you need somebody to like print off map quest for you or what i guess if you're like calling to like make a hotel a reservation you'd ask like a travel agent the best hotels in the area i guess i don't know travel agents as a whole industry confuse me but well, I mean, That's when there was no internet, it made sense. Yeah, before you know, the internet, it definitely made sense. Now You were just like, who the fuck do I call to find out how to take a vacation? <laughs> yeah. You know? Now there's a reason travel agents are going out of business. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and they were like, maybe like a banker who would have known about their money, like people like that. And Garcia's like, yep, they were definitely living above their means. They had a second cell phone. The wife, Allison, had a second cell phone. And there was another home. And she was, like, paying all this money. Yeah, and they were, like, what's going on? So then they go to the house. And Derek kicks, well, Hotch kicks in the front door. Which I love that they get to take turns kicking in the front door, like some (laughs) hyper-masculine contest. Like, hyper-masculine pissing contest of who can kick in the most doors this episode. Oh, it's so funny. So Hotch kicks in the front door. They go in. Derek kicks open the next door. There's a dog in there. And he, like, falls on the ground, and he's like, help me, help He's me. like, what the it's fuck do dog. I do against a dog? And Hotch yeah. looks, Hotch moves his gun like he's gonna fucking shoot that dog. I know, I know. I was like, Aaron Hotchner, no! Also, the dog was just barking. Like, yeah, it, it was like, not moving. It was a very well-trained dog. The dog was just like, what are you doing in my room? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dog you looked like a sullen teenager when the mom opens the door and they're just like standing there stock still. <laughs> get out! Get out! <laughs> get out of my room! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, then someone whistles and the dog runs out of the room and it's this huge guy in the doorway. The huge. The... Like two, un- the two like red herring unsubs that they have for this episode are both physically fucking gigantic dudes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This guy is literally taller than the door frame he's standing in front Ugh. of. He can't get Wild. his. They can't get his full fucking frame to fit in a regular sized doorway because he's too tall. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. So it cuts to um. His name is Frank. And it, which is very confusing. They keep using the same names in the show over and over again. Yeah. Like, do. like, don't name other big reoccurring bad guys the same name you're going to call other random people. Frank is like a big deal in season two. Why use that name when it's already been used, you know? Don't, don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. They don't know their own show. <laughs> you're right. I'm so sorry. How could I expect anything? Um, so Frank 
I wrote down cute and scared and big. <laughs> he's just like some dude. Immediately you can tell that he's, you know, has some sort of mental handicap mm-hmm. that Allison has been taking care of him. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And they mention like um The husband doesn't like him. Yeah, and he well he's he is manic depressive. Mm-hmm. which now we would say he has bipolar disorder. Yeah. We don't say manic depressive anymore. It that one took me a minute. I know. I was literally like manic depressive. I was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, right, right, right. Bipolar disorder. Um, but he doesn't take his medicine because it makes him feel wrong. Which, um, correct. <laughs> yeah, well. Mental health yeah. medicine sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, especially I'm sure in 2005. Um then but like take your meds though take your meds but also i'm with you in spirit i know it sucks yeah i mean i feel like he probably wasn't getting like good medical care because if your meds are making you feel wrong you would tell that to your psychiatrist who would help you find medicine that makes you feel better also i feel like when you're that big as this dude is oh he probably has to take a lot exactly is what I was thinking. It's like, he's fucking gigantic. This guy was, had a good foot and a half on me. And I'm five Oof. feet tall. So this guy was at least like six, seven feet tall. He was fucking huge. Yeah, I mean, I would not be surprised if he was like six, seven or six, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So um, he's Allison's brother and he knows that she's dead. And he blames Chris, the husband. He hated the husband. Yeah, and the husband hated him too. He did though, this guy did have one of the crawford's daughter's uh emily's paintings in his in his house and it was obviously very treasured to him he had it like mm-hmm. hung up on a wall nicely and everything it's like, it's like hey that's mine yeah like don't fucking ruin that <laughs> yeah and he we find out that like the husband said that if he ever came back to the house the husband would like put him in an institution a so this husband kind of sucked ass uh, that's like rude as hell that is super rude as hell if that's not your brother if that's just like your brother-in-law you don't fucking yeah. you don't get to do that also like he's not violent at all he's just like know? a big dude he's just like a big dude um Let the guy yeah live. yeah and so he, they, he finds out that they cut off his phone which i would assume is because of the money issues but like how he would he know that you know so his phone gets cut off, so he went to their house that day, which I assume is when he, like, got the dog. Um, but he sees the family sitting for dinner, and the son's crying. Allison is there at the table. Um, and she looks at the window, and he thinks, she says, get the hell out. But the team guesses that she actually said, get help. Which is fair, because there are a lot of ways to interpret lip reading like that. Yeah. Get the hell especially out. if he's especially like, if he's help. expecting Yeah. If he's expecting, you know, negativity, it makes sense that he would assume that she was saying something mean to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um and this this guy, uh Frank, makes the note that uh he saw the wife and the two children. He didn't see the husband at the table. He saw somebody yeah. else, like a friend, he assumed, just like a mm-hmm. little guy. And he said tiny with red hair. So I love like, when oh. they describe the unsubs as just like tiny. They're just tiny, tiny they're as just, hell. They're just little guys. They're, massy <laughs> they're just boy. tiny little guys. <laughs> little tiny mousy boys. It's a little tiny boy. <laughs> yep. Um, and then Frank starts freaking out because he realizes that she was asking for help. And he's he has a little breakdown. Which is very sad, Which actually. Is very sad. Yeah, I don't think they meant for this to be sad, but it was. It was tragic. He, like, loved his sister. He said, like, he liked being around his sister because whenever, like, he was around her, like, everything was okay. And then he, like, wasn't being allowed to see her or the kids. Yeah. It was so sad. I'm just very sad about all this. Yeah, 100%. Um, And then they start, like, okay, both families had a dog, so the guy definitely came in through the doggy door. Um, Yes. And then we see a new family with a baby and the daughter is like let me see the baby and the dad's like let me see the baby and the mom is like guys we have a vacation tomorrow like let's leave go to bed please 
Um, and I made a note that like talk about escalation. Like there was a month between the first one and the second one, and then there was like two days <laughs> between well, the next one. Well, they also imply at the end of the episode that he's done this a lot more times than people realize. Right, because they were like. 12 rings. wedding rings yeah there were a lot of wedding rings that he stole from the husbands so i assume there were some other ones that they just like haven't oh in connected. the middle yeah that makes sense yeah that they just like haven't connected these were just two that they could connect the easiest that jj connected that jj did the work on everybody let's give miss jero her due she did the work here miss jero deserves some credit she's she good does. at her job um okay and then so the family is like let's go to bed let's go to bed the wife leaves and then a man comes out of the closet and gives the baby the pacifier which this whole fucking scene is so creepy because they're playing they're playing that like weird slightly off-key lullaby the whole time as they do every other time a family is on screen in this episode it's really well done actually it is i remember being like Oh God! Like <laughs> yeah, as soon as you hear that music, you're like, oh, so something bad's gonna happen here. Cool, 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 cool. Got it. Cool, cool, cool. Any whenever there's like an altered nursery rhyme or like an altered like mobile, you know, it's like never sound, good in anything ever. It's terrifying. Terrifying. It is. It just like taps into something of like, well, you know, a nursery rhyme means safety and comfort and quiet, but yeah. now. If you move it up a key, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Yes. It it just is like this is supposed to be like safe children, you know, and then it's it's just fucking not. Oh, terrifying though. Okay. This happens. And then it cuts back to so now we know there's like a time limit, right? Yeah, you know that this guy has they have four, four days. days now, I think, yeah. something like that. Did we get to the part of the episode where Morgan does his whole thing where he's, like, interacting with a fake version of the killer in the workplace? That is, well, just almost there. Okay, almost there. let's go to that because that whole That made me bonkers. laugh so fucking hard. Okay, so there, it comes back to the BAU. Gideon's just, like, staring at the fucking pictures. They can't find any, okay, I need to just say this because it made me so mad. They're like, we've searched everything. There's no connection. And then... And then Hotch is like, wedding rings, that's the trophy. And suddenly get Morgan is like, Morgan is like, wait a minute, one of them worked for the IRS. And one of them was a healthcare provider. They both worked for the government. Like, dude, how long? How do you long, guys not realize that sooner? How long have you been sitting here trying to find a connection and you didn't look at both of their jobs and realize they were connected? Like, what have you been doing what if were you guys just like hanging out here like what (laughs) like i don't understand i don't like okay like what were you doing guys come on like they have this very very similar jobs like l l was literally like gideon's been staring at that for like 20 minutes does he have anything and everybody's like no and then they're all like do we have anything also no it's been 20 minutes and we're just sitting here apparently (laughs) it's like so funny um, so then Morgan <laughs> starts like profiling this dude. And normally what happens is they're standing in front of a police department, right? Giving the profile and the background changes and suddenly they're in a new place. This time they were still in the BAU bullpen, mm-hmm. but there was this weird grainy red filter like a high contrast filter was on it for some reason it was weird i i was like are they implying that it's could be someone in the bullpen or did they just like not have the time to like film in front of a green screen or I guess like they must have done it as like a well we know that this guy's targeting government employees so he's also probably a government employee well they didn't know that yet no they hadn't made that connection yet oh, right the workplace had, yeah i don't know what the fu- I, I just think they couldn't get a different set for that day i think They're they like, just had to what? double up on sets <laughs> they were like listen we've got another 30 minutes why don't we do a couple takes we'll just throw some red on it just to you see know. just to see if we like it yeah and they didn't even like change the walls. It was literally just like he was like yeah. I, he was like I'm going to the next set of cubicles over, and it's gonna be red. 
Like, yeah. So, Somebody over there has some real great mood lighting going on, and I want some of that. I know. So they figure out that the guy is like a pre-planner. He's like sexually confident, which comes in later and makes me laugh. He's sexually confident. He takes pleasure in the planning. He does a bunch of research, definitely has like a journal, and he has like those OCD tendencies. They also, like, they say this phrase twice is like, he plans the work and works the plan. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. okay, men, stop. <laughs> men. I can tell that was written by one of you men. One of you men? It makes me laugh because of the number of times like in the show, they're like, let's get to work. You know, or like time to get to work. They like always say that as if it's this like cool one liner and it like never is. It's like, bro, you are just clocking in. It's okay. It does not have to be this serious. But the phrase like he plans the work and works the plan is so Derek Morgan to me. Like, it's just so Derek Morgan. That's his, like, suave, like, I make, I work on a plan, and then I work the plan. It's just such a weird phrase that nobody would ever say in a million years. It's like, it's like pickup nonsense, pickup artist nonsense. Like, that's something, like, someone who nags to get girls would say. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Plan the work, and then you work the plan. Yeah, no, you're completely correct. Terrible. Um, yeah, so then Gideon shows up and is like, Emily made both of these paint houses. And Emily's like, yes, <laughs> correct. Like, yeah. And Continue. they said that he, she was made to paint the black and white one. That it's like the unsub's view of the house. She had to paint the unsub's view of the house. Which is fair because the black one is much more detailed and better than any of the other children drawings they yeah. show us in this episode. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and then Hot just, like, drops his wedding ring on the desk, and it's, like, spinning really fast. It's really, like, like a dramatic moment. I'm like, are you okay, Aaron Hotchner? I was like, did your wedding ring fall off, Aaron? Is this, like, a sign for the future? Is this, is your ring just ill-fitting, or were you doing it for dramatic effect? They really amped up the drama in this first season. They this... really wanted it to be like dangerous and we're so cool. Yeah. The plan, fucking ring dropping to make a point, like boom, boom, boom. And then in the second season, they're like the evolution of Frank. Like, <laughs> yeah, they just were I can't like, wait whatever. until we get to that episode. Ugh. you don't choose who you fall in love with. <laughs> that fucking episode, dude. Ugh, it's so gay. Okay. The show isn't gay yet. Like, Elle's gay, but the show isn't gay yet. Oh, yeah, no, not by a long shot. Yeah. Season two, it starts getting gayer and gayer. Oh, right. Once Emily comes in, then you're like, oh, this is a a show for the gays now. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, you know what? We're going to make a show for the gays. Someone bring in Emily Prentice. We're going to bring in a woman in a suit. Are you happy yet, lesbians? Ugh, we are. And we are. (laughs) (laughs) We are very happy with that. Thank you. Okay, so Hotch uh, spins the ring, and they're like, okay, he wants to, like, play the dad. They say, play daddy. What <laughs> What criminal minds writer has this kink? That's the what gay one. On? That's the gay one. He's The gay one is doing his best to, like, He's put trying. in the daddy, you know? God, he needs to stop. I, I love you, whoever wrote this episode of Criminal Minds, but you need to fucking stop. Um, and then they say to check the inside of the dad's clothes because maybe he like wore the dad's clothes. Okay. And then they realize both victims are government employees. So Derek goes to the IRS and is like, what did you know about him like going to therapy? And the IRS guy is like, oh, I don't like to pry into people's lives. And Derek is like, then why do you work for the IRS? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Derek. <laughs> Literally, this dude was like, I respect my co-worker's privacy. And then Derek is like, fucking IRS? Really? Now? Like, okay, dude, can you chill? Dude, I just work for the IRS. I'm not the fucking, like, policymaker. Damn. He's like, I'm an office manager. Like- yeah, the dude was like, oh, yeah, I knew he was going, but I didn't want to pry. And then Derek just bullies him for it. Like, bro. Uh, hey, Derek. 
Hey, you can make fun of the IRS agent, but you're literally the FBI. <laughs> Derek, so, you work like, for the FBI. You really can't judge, okay? Derek, like, who the fuck are you calling a snitch? Snitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I especially love it when they always hate on, like, other gov- branches of government or, like, local cops. And I'm like, you That's guys you, are though. the same shoe, different sizes. Same boot, baby. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. They're like, ugh, policemen. Like, hey, dude, you're just like big city policemen like you're just fancy police you're police times two like yeah you're like police with more money like shut the fuck up dude oh it makes me laugh they're like we're so cool we're the fbi fuck the irs (laughs) okay which is such a wild thing to say fuck those guys too when the irs does functionally nothing (laughs) i know besides bully us about our taxes functionally does nothing so funny. Bush was still president during this season, guys. Didn't you know? It was fucking Bush presidency. Jesus um, Christ. This show's been going on for fucking forever, huh? It had three presidents. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I just Sometimes it just hits me that I was like seven when this episode aired. Oh, I don't see that. And you're like, wow. I was seven years old, huh? Like, sometimes you watch this show and you're like, okay, this is a modern show or whatever. And then you go back to watch season one and you're like, oh, it was 2005, huh? Okay. Bush presidency. Let's go. Anytime they're like, internet? What do internet? How do there's, internet work? There's, I, it might be season one or early season two, but there's an episode where Garcia is playing fucking like RuneScape on the FBI Wi-Fi and she's like having like a cyber date. That's season one. We're gonna. That's yeah. I think the finale of season one. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. But then JJ is like, "Please tell me you're not in love with a fictional character." And I was like, "Don't bully people for playing RuneScape, JJ." Like, <laughs> hey JJ, you collected butterflies, Queen. Hey Queen, look inward. <laughs> Same nerd, different type. Exactly. Oh, that's so anyway. Sad. JJ was a fucking horse girl. Like, there's, like, a flashback to her childhood bedroom, and, she like, was. her side table has, like, a pen with horses, like, horse toys in it. Like, JJ, you were a butterfly horse girl. You can't make fun of someone for being, like, into the Middle Ages, you know? You can't make fun of somebody for being into RuneScape, okay? As much as yeah. we would all like to, you can't. No. At least Penelope has friends. JJ does not have a single friend. She does not talk on the phone to any friends. She doesn't hang out with any friends. Like, Emily is like, hey, Bianca, like, do you want to get brunch? Great. Penelope, like, you know, has these online friends. JJ is like, I work, I sleep. Eventually, I have children. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's continue with this episode. Sorry, I didn't mean to bully JJ, but bitch has no friends. Okay. So they think that... Um, it must be like a family therapist or like a marriage counselor because like those types of people have kids draw to get their feelings out, you know? Yeah. And then um, Reed and Penelope are in Penelope's office. And this made me cringe so hard. Twice, like one right after the other. So first, Reed makes some comment about how like everyone in America is on like medication and 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 he's like if anyone goes to see a therapist they're on medication which is not how therapy works no a lot of therapists are reluctant to just provide medication we have an opioid epidemic in this country and like that was the case in 2005 as it is the case today so okay spencer reed yeah, he basically was like, fuck therapy. All they do is give you medication. And then he gets addicted to drugs next season. But okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, he Reap does. what you sow, buddy. So then they're like, okay. Then Garcia says, okay, you know, since they're government employees, they're going to have the same healthcare provider as us. So she starts hacking into the um, HMO system. And Reed's like, is that legal? And she's like, nope, we're going to go to jail and you're going to be somebody's bitch. And there's a lot wrong here. I think this is the first time we get Garcia's illegal hacking. Yes, it is. Um, The other thing, the thing that I do like (laughs) 
and this is just a stupid thing because I work in healthcare. I love how they made every government employee have an HMO so that they could be like, well, you have to get a referral for medication so we can look that up because any other good health plan is like, you don't need a referral. Just get the fucking medication from your doctor. You're good to go. But with an HMO, because HMOs suck ass, you so have to get mean? fucking doctor's approval. Oh, what is, what is, so how does, how is that different? Like the doctor gives a prescription? So um, for, say for example, if you're in an HMO, um, you have to get like referrals to see like specialists or to get certain kinds of medications. So you have to have the doctor give a prescription and then the doctor also has to fucking file a form with the plan. Uh, whereas with like a PPO, oh. you can just go to any provider and they can just give you medication and you're good. Oh. Hi, I work in healthcare. <laughs> Yes, you do. It's I have to deal to with all this shit. It's also funny to note that the government no longer does HMOs. They're all PPOs now. Really? And I'm pretty sure they were always all PPOs, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. This no, is just funny. a very small thing that I'm choosing to focus on in this scene, rather than whatever the fuck else Garcia said. <laughs> just Garcia being like, yeah, we're going to go to jail and you're going to be someone's bitch. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's a rape joke, right? Yeah. It is. Like, that's what that is, right? That is, yeah. That's why um, I chose to focus on HMOs in that scene. Cool, cool, cool. 2005. 2005, baby. Yeah. So they look up the doctor and they it's prescribe the medication. They're like, yeah. And it's, All right, yeah. this fucking doctor, let's see what yeah. his name is. And then they it pops up a picture of the woman and they're like, yeah. whoa, women doctors? <laughs> that's okay. like do you know that the joke that's like or like the riddle that's like a man and his son are at home and the son gets hurt and they take him to the hospital but he like has to wait to get surgery because uh, the surgeon can't operate because it's their kid and you're like why can't the surgeon operate and the joke is that it's the mother is the surgeon but people are supposed to be like but the dad's not a surgeon. The dad was home. So so why wouldn't they be able to... And, you know, it's, it's supposed to be like pointing out your own misogyny. It like felt like that joke. Like they were like, yeah. surprise, it's surprise, a woman. Surprise, it's a woman. So now you have like the unsub is a woman. Maybe, I guess. Maybe. Anyway, and you, you like, go, go to this woman's office and as soon as yeah. the, the like therapy patients, they just kind of like barge in in the middle of yeah. therapy, which is like, yeah. okay. Nothing traumatize like, a child like, FBI. further they're like fbi the family's like oh god we'll go we'll go <laughs> just like, we're just gonna go we're just gonna go and then as soon as the family is like out of the room this doctor is like what the fuck do you want I know. Like, she she's, so she's tiny. yeah she's tiny with red hair and she's like dude what the fuck i was in the middle of a fucking child therapy session <laughs> like you know how much work it's gonna take to fucking like undo this it's so funny to me that she's just like actually fuck you guys she's like like, i do your job but with happy endings so fuck you guys (laughs) yeah um so they're like talking to her and then she's like i have four teenagers like when the fuck would i have time to stalk someone um and they point out like the medication and she's like well i'm the only one that's like a medical doctor so, like, anyone who prescribes medication has to, they'll use my name. Yeah. So, like, that's, like, a dead end. But she says that she, like, assessed the cases. And then she goes to, like, pull out the file. And they added this weird detail where she, like, doesn't use a computer. And she was, like, don't read into that. And I, like, don't know, like, maybe it's because the unsub is supposed to, like, meticulously, like, keep a journal. So they were, I like, guess. we'll make she this was suspicious. Like, she was, like, I like to have the paper files because it makes me feel more in control. And then she looks directly at Gideon. She's, like, don't fucking read into that, Gideon. Like, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, she's she literally, really like, just, do like, reads not these read guys that. to fucking filth. And it's so it hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. She's, like, both of them were referred to Carl Arnold. Which, two first names. Just like Derek Morgan. <laughs> Never trust a motherfucker with two first names. <gasps> Derek Morgan. I don't fucking trust Derek Morgan either. I mean, I do. I love him. But like <laughs> any any person, any man especially that I come across that has two or more first names, you don't trust that. You don't fucking I knew, trust that. I knew someone named Kevin Arnold. So reading Carl Arnold is like, I keep trying to say it wrong. Okay. Unimportant. They go to his office. It's locked. Morgan kicks it in. 
She, like, offers to go get security real quick. And that probably would have taken, like, ten minutes. Derek's like, no, we don't have time. Fuck this door. I mean, they kind of have four days, Derek. But they're like, we don't have time. He kicks it. And she literally is like, someone needs to pay for that. And and Hodge goes, Carl Arnold will pay for it. What? No, I think no, I'm pretty the FBI sure the will office building it. is going to pay for it. I'm pretty sure they're going to have to tell the FBI they need to pay. Imagine the poor agent whose job it is to, like, reimburse civilians. And it's, like, another paper. Like, ten years of forms from fucking Derek Morgan being, like, kicked in a door. <laughs> pay them back. Like Kicked in a door. Give them, 30, give them $300 yeah. to replace their whole fucking door, I guess. And we know that that's how it is because later when um, the whole Linda Barnes thing is happening, Emily gets placed with an FBI agent doing like rando FBI shit and the guy kicks in the door and Emily's like, I have the key. Now we're going to have to fill out all that paperwork. (laughs) It's like so funny. Derek is like, fuck the police. I'm just going to kick in the door. I am the police. I'm just kicking the door. Derek really said like, I don't give a fuck about property damage. Let's go. He's like, I'm a property restorer and I don't care about property damage. Yeah. So it's got a bunch of like children's paintings up on the wall. And immediately she's like, I don't understand. Like, I don't believe this. But like, he's also a family therapist. So like, is it weird to have children's drawings up on the wall? Not really. I don't think. But they do use this quite often with different therapists and providers where like they have trophies like up in their office displayed and everybody treats it as weird. But I'm pretty sure the lady doctor also had some paintings yeah. up in her office. Yeah, I don't know. That was like, okay. Weird, but okay. Um, weird, but okay, yeah. So you find out that like, if he's not here and he's... Oh, and also they get his home address and like within the span of them walking down the hall and breaking in his office door, the SWAT has like raided his home and he's not there. Which I appreciate that they're speedy about it, you know? I, yeah, I guess Like so. I appreciate that. Yeah, so they raid it and Derek is like, he's not home and the doctor says, well, if he's not home and he's not here, maybe he's visiting his family. Which... There's no reason for her to say that because the wife then, his ex-wife later says, I haven't seen him in two years. So it's not like he goes to see his family often. They also do this dumb thing where she's like, oh yeah, he has two kids, Carl Jr. and Sarah. And then when they cut to the mom like yelling at the kid, (laughs) she says Carl Jr. instead of just Carl or Jr., she says his full Carl Jr. to be like, this is that fucking kid, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. I find like, it so weird that you wouldn't just shorten it if you're just like in your own home with only the child. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe she's call fucking call KJ, him not like Carl Jr. CJ. No, the name, his name, it's Carl with a K. K A R L. I mean, no offense. <laughs> no offense, but. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, no. It's it's Carl with a K on the wiki. KJ. Okay, well. Um, yeah, so they call her and she's like, no, I haven't seen him in two years, but he did call me an hour ago and he's like, um, he's talking about how precious family is and he just like met a girl that reminded him of Sarah and he like wanted to say that. Um, and then she heard kids in the background and then it was crying and he hung up. Which... So, yeah. A bonkers disturbing call to receive from your ex-husband who you hate. Gotta say? Gotta say. I would be unnerved by that. <laughs> yes. Um, and so then the um, doctor is like, yeah, he has a journal. So they're like, okay, maybe he keeps trophies in his office. Um, and they're like listing the names of the victims. And they said Duncan's. And, oh no, they were listing... Um, like his the cases. folders that he has in his office. Yeah. And they say the Duncans and the doctor says, um, the Duncans wasn't his case. It was mine. He shouldn't have that um, folder. And they ask the name of the daughter and it's Jackie. And they realize one of the paintings up on the wall is Jackie's painting. And that the family was planning a trip to the Anirondacks. 
and they're like, well, okay, well, it's them, right? Um, so they go to the house, kick down the door again. <laughs> just kick like down every door. door, every door in this fucking every house single door kicked out. Not a door goes unkicked. <laughs> Not a door goes unkicked. Exactly. Um, they're at the dining table, uh, but no baby, and they get the family out of here. They go down to the basement, and then Carl is just like holding the baby crouched in the corner with the baby <laughs> yeah and they're like they're like come on carl like come on and like gideon gets closer and then carl just like throws the baby at one of them he and... just fucking yeets this baby at gideon and yeah. then he's and then like, he's got a like, knife, knife. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when Derek just like pow 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 and like shoves him against the wall and is like, you fucking move, I'll fucking snap your neck. Which like, again, you're a police officer, Derek. <laughs> That's not Again, you can't like to snap badass neck. your way out of police brutality, my guy. Ugh. Again. Right. As always. I wrote I wrote Derek judos him. <laughs> you know, because he's he's got a black belt in judo. He's apparently a fucking black belt in judo. Couldn't I guess. Be. Um so then it like cuts to like the elevator opening at the BAU and he's like in his chains, but he's like smirking and every time he sees a woman, he's like, hey there, hello. And then he like looks at JJ and JJ's like got her hands on her hips and she's like, oh, it's this fucking guy like glaring at him and he's just like, hey. He's like, hey, you single? You free? <laughs> he's like, hey. And Morgan is like, all right, enough. And just like throws him in the room. um, And... JJ's like, tell me you got enough on this guy to like lock him away. And Gideon's like, we didn't. We need him to confess. And JJ's like, can you get him to confess? And Gideon says, did you do what I asked? And JJ's like, yeah. And he's like, well, then we should get a confession. And like walks away. And JJ's just like, okay. <laughs> like, okay, sure, whatever. Sure, dude. Um, and so what she did is the um interrogation room is like dark it's like very crowded like everyone is in there it's very JJ, dramatic Reed, l yeah everyone is in there morgan hodge gideon and there's whiteboards of the and she's set up basically like victim one victim two like here are the pictures of this family and that family so that he has to look at it and like the table is covered in bloody pictures and it's all cramped and stuff and um JJ's standing in the back of the interrogation room. Like, she's in the room, which I don't think we've ever seen her watch, like, an interrogation before, but she's in this one. Yeah, she's just here. And I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I think they did it for the moment later. Yeah, you know? that's fair. Yeah, so Gideon, Carl starts, like, insulting the families. Like, um, the husband was bad. Like, I wanted to show what happens when, like, the head of the household isn't strong, etc. A lot of real, like, patriarchal, like, yeah, toxic masculinity bullshit. Yeah. And so Gideon, like, shows a picture of Carl's family. And it's, like, the wife and the kids are on one side of it. And his arm is, like, outstretched to touch <laughs> so the wife. So funny. And Gideon is, like, from the outside, this looks like any normal family. And <laughs> no, like, it does, does not. It? <laughs> no, the fuck it does not. It's not even like, ha ha ha, we're so happy we're all together. Like, it's literally him an arm's length away from his wife, who is clutching her children. Like, there's nothing in that picture that looks like a normal family. If he was three steps to the left, it would have been fine, but it just was not. It was it, it was the space between his body and his wife with the arm in the middle. It was just like, okay, <laughs> like, cool, I guess. Um... Yeah, trapped in a hell of their own personal, like their own personal hell or whatever. I'm like, okay, Gideon, can you calm down? I mean, like, I know that's what yeah. abuse people go through, but like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, this guy doesn't need to know that. You don't yeah. need to like fucking feed this guy's ego anymore, dude. Ugh, terrible. Yeah. So then the guy starts screaming because there's a picture of Chris Crawford's foot with the Miller family, and it's like wrong. And he's then like, you like, need cuts- to move the fucking photo. Move yeah. the photo. Yeah, he's like, it's wrong. And it cuts to JJ and JJ's all like looking around like, oops, did I do that? And then oh, Gideon, Gideon gets up there and it's like, you're right. The photo is wrong. But how did you know that? 
And then JJ like steps out of the shadows, like, ha ha ha. I <laughs> did good. Like, I did it. So I think they had her in there so that we wouldn't think it was a mistake that JJ made. Like they they filmed it so that it looked like JJ being like, Yes, I did this on purpose. I did not make a mistake. This was part of the plan, you know? <laughs> Cause like if she wasn't there, like it would have been easy to be like, oh, JJ fucked up and it just happened to like work out, you know, but like because she was there, it, it showed fine. that it was correct. Yeah. Um, which I love that. Good. Don't let her be stupid. She's good. She's smart. She knows what she's doing. So once that happens, we see that Hotch is still at Carl Arnold's office. I guess he wasn't in the room, but he's at Carl Arnold's office and he's like knocking things off a shelf with his bare ass hands. He's just he- fucking moving shit yeah fucking hitting the wall yeah so he like finds like a hollow spot and he like takes the panel out and there's like restraints in this little metal box like a tin um and you're like okay well there's the trophies and And there's also like uh like it almost looks like videotapes or like journals of that this guy kept of each family so it has like miller family crawford family and like yeah. a few other ones you don't recognize yeah. there um that's the other thing that hotch finds he's like okay so we're good now we can get a conviction yeah. easy yeah and we got a confession double whammy double good yeah so while this is happening um jj and gideon are like taking down the photos i don't know why they made us sh- they like showed needed to fill some time <laughs> so they're taking down the photos yeah they needed to make it a full 44 minutes yeah Maybe that was supposed to be like a JJ and Gideon bonding moment. <laughs> like I don't know. You, they did good together. Also, we see Morgan getting the confession, and it goes between like the TV screen of the guy and then like the actual guy. And this is where he says, like, I wanted to show what happens when like the head of a household isn't strong and that it like ruins the whole thing. And then he's like, I'm strong, I'm a good father when he hasn't seen his own children in two years. I'm like, Yeah. Okay. So clearly not, dude. Is this what men think being a good father is? <laughs> I mean, if I'm not actively hurting them, I'm being a good father. Right? Is that how that works? No, that's not how that works, gang. <laughs> no. And then they're like in the briefing room and it does like a circle shot of everyone's face and you're like, what's happening? And then Gideon, barehanded, opens the tin, the trophy tin, dumps all the rings onto his bare hands and then drops them onto the table and there's like 10 of them. It's such a fucking melodramatic shot. This is what I'm talking about. Criminal Minds. Unnecessary drama. It's just like... They they could have thrown over like Johnny Cash's hurt and it would have been... Don't correct. disrespect Johnny Cash's hurt like this. <laughs> it's in a Criminal Minds episode. I'm not sure which one, but it's fucking there. Oh, it definitely is. I think it's in every serious TV show at least once. Oh yeah, I mean, it's in Criminal Minds. Uh, Person of Interest, we know that. But it is, I think Person of Interest has used it the best. No other TV show can compare to the fucking Hurt montage in Person of Interest. I gotta say it. You cannot compare to that. it's so good. James, what are you going to rank this episode out of 10? I really like this episode, actually. I think this is definitely one of the better ones from season one. I want to say like a six or a seven. Okay. You going to give it that that seven? You going to give it that high mark? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, give it that seven. Seven. I'm actually going to give it... Here's the thing is I need to place this in context that it is season one. Yeah, that's why I gave it a seven. (laughs) I might give it an eight. Ooh. Because I think it's a really, really good season one episode. I'm going to give the next episode an eight, and this is like one step down from that, so I'm giving it a seven. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) <laughs> they do say the episode name in the or they do say the episode title in the episode except it's like three seconds where they talk about fox in a hen house or whatever and that's it it's it's gideon's opening quote yeah that's the only time they mention it gideon's like voiceover opening quote it's like it's the like fox in the hen house. dr thomas <laughs> fuller wrote with foxes we must play the fox okay sure i guess yeah, okay get it um, they don't go anywhere this episode, so they don't say wheels up. So unfortunately, that will continue to be a frowny face on our spreadsheet. Motherfucker. What if they literally don't say it in season one? I'm gonna be so fucking mad. I don't think they do. The they only way to. I could think that they would say it is in uh, Machismo. It's the only one that I could think they would say wheels up in. 
they don't go anywhere next episode either. So we no, they're 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 local for a little bit here. Criminal minds. So that's it uh, for this week of Wheels Up. Y'all stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram and whatever uh, at Wheels Up. Oh, my voice just cracked there. Let me try that again, huh? Ooh. <coughs> that's it for this week of Wheels Up, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. You, as always, you can keep up. Fuck, I cannot do this fucking outro, huh? No. We need like an actual outro so that we can actually do thing. Do thing. That's it for this episode of Wheels Up, y'all. Thank you for listening. You should go give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me because then we can climb our way tooth and nail up the podcast charts for this very stupid podcast. You can always catch up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Wheels Up Pod, uh, and you know you can find it on your favorite podcast uh, catcher. Why do we call them podcatchers? I've never heard that before. Have you never heard that term before? No. Oh my god, am I the only one who's ever heard the term podcatcher? Whatever. You can find us on your favorite podcast apps. If you need a quick link, just go to Anchor.fm/slash Wheels Up Pod. Uh, until next time, y'all. We're going to be watching episode 108, Natural Born Killer. Which is also a good one, I think. If I remember correctly, I think it's also a fucking great one. It is. Do we have an outro? Do you have an ending quote? Is this your daddy? (laughs) (laughs) Daddy Hotch to the rest. Stop saying